up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rap and Wrestle podcast. You guys know me. My name is Derek. You can check out Rap and Wrestle on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rap and Wrestle. Also, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you get all your streaming services. Today is a very special day. Got a very special guest with me. Someone who epitomizes rap and wrestle and combining them together. The one and only hip-hop artist, Doc Lesnar. What's good with you, bro? Yo, man, I am good. I'm blessed. Uh, uh, I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't say I've been waiting to, uh, for this moment to happen. I've been loving what you guys are doing, combining both cultures. Let's get it, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Now, you know, like I said, uh, you know, you are like, uh, when, when I talk about this show, Rap and Wrestle, uh, people like you are what the show stands for. You know what I mean? You're a hip-hop artist. You have ties in the wrestling community gotcha. as well, uh, which we're going to get into. Um, let's let's start with the, the music first, though. Um, like, how, for you, how did you, you get involved yes, in music? Sir. How did you get started with that? Uh, excellent question. So, well, I've been doing music for a while. Um, I started when I was seven years old. Uh, it was my twin brother, Quincy Jones Go. Uh, it's obviously his podcast I do, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a little, little bit. Um, but Quincy and myself were twin brothers, and I uh, had my cousin as well named Salute. Uh, it was just something we couldn't get away from, man. Like, uh, I think what it was, too, at the time, you know, we grew up on, you know, it was the 90s, it was 1992 to be exact. And um, it sounds funny, but I'm sure a lot of people remember a group uh, called crisscross, you know, and we didn't want to be crisscross, but I think the appeal of kids our age that were able to do things that men twice their age could do, which is tour the world and get the crowd crazy, that just appealed to us, you know, and um, it's that's just something that we chased, and, and I've just been doing it ever since. I think I want to say maybe about 13, 14, I got into the first studio, uh, that we because we used to do like tape decks, you know what I'm saying? I know I'm kind of yeah. dating myself here, but yeah. we were recording, man. We was, you know, when you hear people talk about selling uh, tapes out the trunk, that's what we were doing in, in high school and even middle school, but by then, but um, I would say when we got to be about 17, 18, uh, we finally found a, a, a real studio where we were paying, I think $75, $100 an hour. And um, we were just in there, you know what I mean? And I just look back, music is just something I've always loved to do. Um, yeah, man. I mean, in, in a nutshell, uh, we got started when we were seven and just have not looked back. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Now, I uh, got to ask you, because that, that's my era, too. So I was born in 86. So I grew up in the 90s as well. Of course, I okay. know Crisscross as well. Uh, they oh, were 85 big. myself. Okay, yeah. See, all right, see, mm -hmm. there we go. So Crisscross is definitely big when we were kids. Uh, mm -hmm. were, were you wearing your clothes backwards, too, just like they were doing? <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. You know, well, I'll put it this way. If I was wearing them, you know, my twin brother was wearing them because whatever I was wearing, he. Yeah, we definitely were. We was jumping as high as we could. I mean, we were, you know, of course we were fans, you know, but we knew we, we had to do something different than that. But I would like I said, the appeal and the presentation showed a lot of promise uh, for for, you know, a dream we didn't even know we had yet until that point, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. Um. So what was the point where you decided, like, um, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to take uh, music writing serious. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it serious. I really want to be considered an artist and make songs. Like, mm -hmm. was there a certain point where you decided just, like, I'm going to really go forward and I'm going really, to really do it? Or was it at that time when you, that you were just talking about? 
No, I definitely not at that time, but I knew there was something, I knew there was a difference between a, I guess if you want to say a rapper and an artist, you know what I mean? I feel like an artist can make timeless music. And I think there is a difference in the writing when it comes to that, you know what I'm saying? And I would probably say when I got to high school, uh, Blueprint dropped by Jay-Z and Jay, Jay is a huge uh proponent in 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 terms of motivating me to be you know in the hip-hop culture um in general uh guys like him common sense uh just you know i I grew up on like run dmc and 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 and, you know the big daddy canes and stuff like that but jay uh his specifically his album blueprint i think that's when i realized the difference between making like an anthem and making like a record and once i got really deeply engrossed in that blueprint album i was like okay let's go right back you know to to the blank page and let's recreate like i I just wanted to reinvent myself you know and i think that was the time it's the time i would say like oh okay i'm doing but i'm not anywhere close to what i i wasn't doing exactly what i thought i was doing i think right when that album came out it clicked like there's more here than, than just making people call spots you know what i'm saying you want to make records that people can uh can can like roll with and ride with and hang on to for a majority of their life basically yeah definitely so i you know it's interesting that you you know you name like jay-z uh run dmc um so now you're in you're in Cali, right? Did did you spend your whole life in Cali, or what? Did you move from somewhere yes, else to to Cali? No, nah, no. Nah. Uh, uh, born, uh, born and raised in Cali, but I got uh, you know, my my dad was living in Seattle for a little bit. So I mean, I've been outside of Cali, and I've actually performed outside of Cali, but in ter- I've lived in Cali my entire life. Yeah, born and raised here. Oh, well, nice. That's nice. Uh, because so, you know, it, it's so funny mm-hmm. listening to your music. The first thing I said, because when, when we were talking about the times and, and then you told me your time, I was like, oh, he's in Cali. But when I'm listening to your music, I get like East Coast vibes to it when I hear you rap. So it, I was I was kind of like thrown back by yeah. it. I like I, yeah. like I like the mixture mm-hmm. of it for sure. Um, you Who on the West Coast? Uh, who are some of the West Coast rappers that you, you know, you like coming up? Uh, come, when I was coming up, Quick, uh, DJ Quick was just awesome. Dog Pound, Snoop and Dre, of course. I mean, I, I, I thought for a cool next Dr. Dre, <laughs> for sure. Um, Because yeah. I just thought, it would, you know, it's one thing to rap, but I thought, man, you're the guy that makes the classic records. Like, you're the one that's responsible for the G-Funk era, you know, to, to a degree. And I always thought that was just so cool to be the engineer of a soundtrack of like, it's like a time capsule of sound, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, I would say like, you know, West Side Connection, uh, you know, E-40, uh, obviously Pac. I mean, I mean, those are the, those are the artists that came up on. But I think, you know, the reason why my music does sound a little bit more East Coast is I was into like Biggie. And, and again, like some of the guys, it, it wasn't, I wasn't like the traditional West Coast artist because I felt like, the West Coast artist kind of has one traditional sound. And that's one thing that's a, a, a like everlasting theme for me is I don't like to just be, to do things one way. I like to take risks and I like to, to push the boundaries, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's why I was able to engulf myself in other artists. Like, you know, even like, you know, I said, Daddy Kane, you know, Run DMC, Biz Marquee, Get Fresh, Get Fresh Crew, like all those guys. And then the Jay Z's, the Nas's, the, the the Biggies, the, you know, even you know Puff Daddy and and, and the Locks and all those guys. Like the '90s were very impressionable. You know, 
I'm saying? And you, I don't got to tell you, you were there. <laughs> you know I mean? So, uh, yeah. but yeah, I think that's why some of my music has kind of like a melting pot sound to it, you know? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, and then on the, the other end of the spectrum, when it comes to the, the wrestling, uh, for you, what is every? I, I always love hearing people's stories of, you know, the first thing they saw or what yeah. brought them into loving wrestling. Uh, what was that moment like for you? So I love this um, because if you listen to Paradise, um, I describe it exactly. Um, and when I made that record, uh, I said to myself, this is the love letter um, letter to the, to the culture of wrestling, you know, and it was 1990 Survivor Series, uh, Undertaker's debut. I, I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. It's like, what is that thing? And Roddy Piper, he's, he's on the commentary. Look at the size of that ham hock. And I'm just like, yeah, look at the size of that guy. You know, and <laughs> seeing him seem impervious to pain. And, 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 you know, to me, I think at the time, because I, I was always curious about wrestling and most of my curiosity would see Hulk Hogan or, or uh, Macho, uh, you know, on the cover of the VHS tape. But I remember just thinking like, I don't know about this yellow and red stuff, but when I saw Taker, I was just, it was just so different, you know, and then and, and he wasn't this, you know, immortal Hulk Hogan. He was just this, un, you know, this dead guy, you know what I'm saying? And then when he went on later and beat Hulk Hogan for the strap a year later, you know, the tombstone, I mean, I know Flair was there, but still that seeing that as a kid meant a lot to me. And I always give him his due, what he did in the, in the culture to an extent. But to see someone that wasn't Hogan come and come on and take the belt he made famous, that's what got me a wrestling. It got me to be a wrestling fan for sure. Dope, dope, man. Yeah, that, that was uh, definitely an iconic moment that uh, sticks out on wrestling history forever. So that's, yeah. that's a great moment to definitely get involved in wrestling. Um, you know, wrestling at that time, a lot different than what it is today. Um, what are kind of like some oh, of yeah. your thoughts on – what are kind of like some of your thoughts on wrestling today and like uh like how do you feel about like the overall presentation uh i'm not i'm not mad at the presentation i think uh wrestling is one of those ever-evolving art forms that has room for everybody but when you make room for everybody that means everyone thinks they can get everything over and i think that's the problem is um there needs to be a better filter system uh and i'm you know i'm not gonna be the guy the, the the old grizzled vet that tells them hey slow it down but i think they you know this should be it's really about the characters the selling and the believability um and i think it takes time to master all three of those you know what i'm saying and so i'm not mad at today's product i think that the uh, athleticism is at an all-time high but sometimes we get such high caliber matches that um, you know, on free TV where you're like, ah, I don't know why I'm supposed to care about this on a takeover or an AEW, you know, pape or, a, you know, I won't say WrestleMania, but like a Royal Rumble. If you've seen the same matchup, you know, on, on Raw four times, you can't. Yeah. It, it, I think it it, it kind of doesn't uh, they, they just give away too much, too, you know, so but. You know how it is, man, when you're a wrestling fan, it's a labor of love, dude. I mean, it's hard to stay away, you know, so. <laughs> no, that's a fact, man. It's like it's like being in a bad relationship, man. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you're not going to leave them as much as they abuse you. Oh, oh like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going nowhere. But um, uh -huh. well, it's just so something about you that keeps me coming back. Yeah, it's crazy. Facts, facts. It's crazy. Um, So what about, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we just came off of, you know, the Super Bowl wrestling. 
uh, WrestleMania. Um, oh yeah. You know, a lot a lot of people in the in the black wrestling community consider it this the the blackest WrestleMania <laughs> that there's ever been. Um, how 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 did oh, you? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, how did you enjoy the overall, uh, you know, product that was displayed for WrestleMania weekend? I loved it. Um, I thought, man, I mean, especially following Kofi Mania, um, which, if I'm going to be frank, I didn't think we'd really get anything after that. I thought, okay, so this would be the great, you know, the, the good thing or the big thing for our culture of fans till the next thing happens, you know. But to me, I mean, you got – I just thought it was crazy, like, Everybody was all mad. Oh, Drew. Drew got, he got passed out. You know, yeah. he, he didn't tap out. He passed out. It's like, man, Drew had a hell of a year. He, he won the title twice. He beat Goldberg. The guy beat Randy Orton. Okay. Like mm-hmm. the guy, the guy beat a plethora of like worthy opponents that people wouldn't even get, you know, when it's non pandemic time. I yeah. just didn't understand why people were so up and on. Just like, this is Bobby's time. So I thought that was great. The fact that, you know, not only it was Bianca and Sasha in the main event, but the fact that a voice like Michael Cole made sure people knew this is history making the first ever main event involving two black ladies. I thought that was something, you know, yeah. because they, you know, WWE tries to tiptoe and they've had their time with sometimes they, you know, especially Vince where he, he you know, he doesn't always do the right thing by some of our favorite superstars but i thought you know wrestlemania top to bottom a lot more colorful this year and uh, i know i got into a lot of arguments with people uh, you know who um which i don't want to i don't want to put them over but just had a problem with it and to me i said you know what man you're just mad because it's different and i I just thought oh so you're a charlotte fan (laughs) you know i mean we need something different and we need something that uh, that um that's for us and i thought they did a good job i mean we had a lot of superstars on there this year and i thought that was great you know good representation yeah, no, definitely. You know, uh, sometimes I, I think with these things, they get kind of like blurred where people are looking at it as uh, in which it might is, it might be, you know, I never know. But where they're giving us this product just because of the times and things that are going on. So they're like, you know, here, here mm-hmm. it goes. We're going to give you this this talent because of all these social issues that are going on. We're going to show you that we stand for you guys and mm-hmm. we support you guys. But at the same time, I think is when you give uh, black athletes the chance to actually perform, we're going to always succeed. It, yeah. it, it's, if you look yeah. across every sport, yes, we, that's we dominate it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was not to interrupt. I was just going to say that's why mm-hmm. I think everyone was mad at the dismantling of the hurt business. Because those yeah. guys were just given a little bit of time and they ran with it. Just much to your to, to your point, you give them a chance, they're going to succeed every time. Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely true. But you know, it's all good. On to you know bigger and better things. Um, but let's talk about uh, yeah. you know your, let's talk about your latest album that you just just did. Um, this is awesome. Um, yes, sir. How did that come about? And um, you know, what was just the mindset of, mm-hmm. of going into creating this album? Got you. Okay. So I've always been a wrestling fan. I've always found a way to throw a bar here or there uh, inside my music, you know, and um, I got to a point where I just kind of wanted to do something different. I had an album called Audio Visual, my favorite album I've ever done. And I thought I was kind of done pushing the boundaries from an auditory standpoint. But I said, you know, um, I just I feel like although I gave a lot of my music, I might not have been all totally me. And 
what's part of me is the wrestling, you know? So I said, you know, I know who Mega Ran is. I know who guys like T Call are. I know, you know, you know, Rated R and, and some of these guys that I've been in the culture with, um, Smoke Dizza, Wale, you know, those guys like to, you know, celebrate the culture a bit. And I said, you know, why don't I try something? Um, and what it kind of came about was my cousin, Awesome Beats. Um, I've always trusted him to, you know, with the, with the right ear to, to kind of guide me with my sound. And so I just started kind of playing around with stuff, you know, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. I should try to use that. And then I was, it just kind of clicked with me. It's like, I mean, maybe you should do a project where it's all awesome beats. And uh, it started out as an EP, actually. Um, and, and, you know, just something I was going to, like, use to kind of, you know, test the waters a bit, you know. And then it just kind of took on a mind of itself. I, I put out Talk My, which really garnered a lot of good response. And I wasn't sure I was going to go with it. But then I, know, I was just sitting with it. And uh, I sent some music into a popular podcast, Keeping It 100 with Conan. And um, there was some stuff that was actually spun off of that, where uh, at the time, Juventud Guerrero was doing a segment uh, called, uh, I think it was the Juicy Seal of Approval, you know, and mm -hmm. uh, I'd sent some music in there and they gave me the Juicy Seal. Uh, the funny part was Disco Inferno, who was a co-host on there, he started kind of shooting on me. So I started shooting uh, on him back and, uh, you know, I, I had sent like a, this email to the production manager, uh, Joe Feeney. And next thing I know, I end up becoming like this inadvertently uh, like a cast on the show. They, they started calling me Doug Larson instead of Doc Lesnar. But everyone knew what they were talking about. And almost every week, uh, Disco would have this disco list. You know, he's a good friend of Jericho. And at the time, he was just kind of, you know, doing something to do a segment on the show and for some reason I was getting tagged in this a lot and it seemed like more people wanted more music. So that's when I really was like, okay, I need to push this full force. And that's what I ended up doing. And uh, there was a little bit more controversy with the show. Um, I'll say that kind of ventured on, but I was able to navigate around that. And next thing I know I'm doing a song, uh, you know, I sent out some feelers and mega ran, which I didn't really think was going to happen. And uh, next thing I know we're doing business, man, we're talking and he was just so down to earth. Uh, you know, the only thing I, I mean, we've met like three times, but the only thing I wish is that, um, I mean, we, we didn't get a chance to record together, but you know, such a humble dude. And once I got, I locked that feature in, I was like, we're doing this. We're off to the races. I need to do something for this culture because I think what it was, was I felt like anytime we bring somebody from hip hop into a wrestling event, they get booed out the building. They brought Diddy in at New York. They didn't want it. You know? And I always think it's like, they think you can mesh these things together, but it's all about the of like presentation. So that's yeah. why I, I kind of came up with the idea. How can I present this to the wrestling community where it can bridge the gap between wrestling and hip hop? And that's where I went from. Yeah, man. Yeah. And um, just the whole body of work just put together. is just, uh, it's just amazing. Just the mindset of how you're just able to just like combine uh, hip hop and just wrestling together. And I, I've, I've listened through the album like four times. And I was just like, damn, this is like pretty good. And just awesome like you said, Thank like, you, yeah, no, nah, definitely. And, um, and talking to yeah, talking my shit is like, that's that's fire. You set the tone like right off the bat with that. I loved it. And, and then, you know, just the feature yes, of Mega, Mega Ran as well. And I'm just like, yo, this is a, a really good body of work. And you, you definitely um, you definitely get, did a good job with it, man. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think that's another thing you just reminded me of, too, was um, the track listing. If you notice, every song's got a word or or like a segment in parentheses, mm -hmm. you know, like Talk My was, you know, promo. And then we got yeah. 
Uh, I believe, you know, it, it was uh, strong, silent profile is the push. And if you notice, I mean, it, it's really if you know, if you know your history, it's really a, you know, if you look at it, it it's like the, the, the beginning and end of a wrestling show, you know, or of a good match or, or just a good, you know, I mean, like a good career. And more noticeably, if you look at it, it's Triple H's career. But you got to yeah. you got to look for the little nuances there. You know, what I mean, but uh, no, I had fun putting this thing together, man. Transitions, all that. It was really fun. Yeah, definitely, man. Can't wait to uh, hear what you got coming up next. Um, so when it, when it came to uh, – we talked a little bit about it with uh, Mega Ran. Um, like, how was it? You just sent the message out to him and you just said, hey, yeah, I'll do it. That was it? No. no. So what I did was uh, I had strong styling. And, you know, I remember when I got that beat, too. A lot of my friends was like, I don't know. What are you going to do with that? And I, was, and I told them what my idea was, throwing that Ric Flair joint on there. And they were just like, that's not going to work. And I knew it was. I just knew it was all about presentation. So once I got that song, I started getting a lot of response from it. And now I was like, you know what? Let me just send it his way. You know what I mean? He's got his booking info right, right on Twitter. Like, what do I got to lose? You know? And he hit me back that same day. You know? And he was just like, not only was he, it wasn't like, yeah, run me that money. Let's, let's get this verse. You know what I mean? It, he yeah, yeah, yeah. was letting me know, yo, I enjoy the music. This is dope. What's the concept? Like, he was very eager, you know, and to this day, man, what I love about him, man, he's so humble, too. It was like, I'll post that remix every single time, whether it's in the comments or in the DMs. He always sends me, like, the bicep emojis, like, yo, we all killed all this. We just killed it. Like, he, you could tell he just really, very much enjoyed his participation on this album, man. And, uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of how that went about. And uh, in terms of what I got coming up next, um, it's a similar story is I've actually reached out to... Uh, I believe uh, Josiah Dean Williams. So I'm hoping to do oh, nice. something uh, with the with the wrestle flow, you know. And he hit me back fairly quickly too. So um, yeah, I'm I'm just trying to branch out, man. I mean, because I don't think this is a fad. I don't think this is a. I mean, some people might think it's a niche uh, type of, of you know concept or genre, but I just think it's like I've always said. I I can I've always compared wrestling to the hip hop world because yeah. it's it's very similar. Big larger than life personalities are trying to tell a story that you can relate to you know what i'm saying and i i, I mean it, it's hard to argue with that so that's why i was like there's very much a lot of uh you know parallels here and that's why i think it was made it fun and easy to bring out and show people so that's why i think you're able to listen to it and the fact that it's like only 30 minutes it's like okay i'm not here to take too much of your time but just let you know like this could rock you know what i'm saying so yeah no, definitely, definitely. You know, something I thought about when you when you brought up how um you know you're like they um like they booed Diddy out the building <laughs> when he you know he was performing. Mm -hmm. Um, see the the way it is, I feel like uh I don't know if WWE is they're kind of moving in the the right direction with it and just wrestling in general. It's like um it's like when they're giving you like a watered down version of what you actually want. So it's like you know we we all know who Diddy is. We know Bad Boy. But none of us mm -hmm. are listening to to Diddy's music, you know what I mean? So, and no, and then Machine Gun Kelly. No, one's yeah, I to mean, I, I've never been like exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's, that's I've, I've never is. watched a match and gone. You know what what would set this off is some music from Diddy. Like I've never thought, that. you know what I mean? So yeah, it was just kind of like oil and water sometimes the way they do it. Yeah, but. Hey, I guess that's that's when you're being PG and stuff like that. That's that's kind of the route you try to to go <laughs> instead of trying to go like the uh -huh. you know the other route. 
Um, so let's talk about, um, you know, you said you did a show with your brother, um, you know, the Quincy Jones show. Uh, let's talk about how that came about. Yes, you, your brother, the Twin World Order. Um, how you guys put that together? And, oh, yeah. <laughs> how you guys put that together? Well, I give... Yeah, I give all credit to my brother, man. Um, it's funny because it actually started from uh, an album title. He was going to do the Quincy Jones show from a standpoint of, you know, kind of like the Kevin Owens show. He wanted to use, you know, he kind of started using the, the old Raw logo at the time. And then it just, you know, one day he was just sitting with it and he's like, you know, because myself, my brother, and then we have a third comrade or the third man, as we like to call him on the show, Mark McFly. Um, he, you know, we're, we're good friends. I used to be roommates with Mark. My brother used to be over all the time. And we used to just, you know, like armchair book, you know what I'm saying? We mm -hmm. chilling in the, in the garage, maybe on some drinks, something else maybe, but we would just shoot and, and just go, well, you know what I would do with this. And then he said, why are we not recording this? Kind of how it went from, let's take this out of just, shooting the shit to you know on an actual microphone and then you know it just kind of took off from there it started off where we were gonna you know we, we had guests on there hip-hop artists trying to kind of doing the same thing hey you know what what got you to be a fan but then we started realizing like the fans are really like you know diligent and we want to hear what you guys think and so that just became more the dynamic what do the twins think about wrestling and it just became a thing where I think a lot of people were anticipating when we would disagree because we do disagree yeah. a lot, despite <laughs> being twin brothers. And but I think that's what's dope about it is you go into a twin podcast expecting it to be similar mindsets and it's not, you know, and, and there's times where it gets heated. And I just feel like it's just our job to keep it real with each other. You know what I'm saying? And that's what makes fun. Yeah, definitely, man. That's, that's definitely dope. And, um, you know, it's good to be able to do something that you love, especially with uh, family and your, you know, your brother, that that's pretty dope that you, uh, you know, you guys get to do that. Um, you also, um, you do uh, booking and you do commentary for Rival Pro Wrestling. Um, tell the fans like what uh, mm -hmm. Rival Pro Wrestling is about, uh, where it's located and uh, kind of like, you know, your responsibilities with the company. Oh yeah, definitely, man. I believe, I think it was 2017 we started this. Um, I'm part of a six man crew, uh, which I mean, really good guys they all we all have, you know great ideas um we started this up because we kind of wanted to see more socal wrestling you know in more uh, our direction you know we're kind of in the ie uh or the inland empire of uh socal and a lot of that stuff goes down to like you know pwg and la hollywood as well uh championship wrestling Hollywood so we wanted to kind of give an alternative uh which is kind of where the word rival came from it was like well let's give them something that rivals you know like it's just as good a show as PWG but it won't be at in LA and it won't sell out right away where you know you got to be online all day just to get tickets and those who have been to a PWG show you know how hard that is um so we wanted to just kind of make an alternative you know and that's kind of where it started from uh in terms of responsibilities uh I'm one of four people on the booking committee um you know, we go out, we, we uh, reach out to wrestlers, try to figure out, um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's fun because you're, you're trying to do a, a jigsaw puzzle about what's going to put together the right presentation for the show, who you're trying to get over, what message you're trying to get across, what story you're trying to tell. And that's always a fun, creative process because it's like throwing darts on the, on the wall, but like trying to figure out how to make it all come together, you know, and you got um, just a melting pot of different people's ideas. 
different ideologies on wrestling, people who grew up watching different types of wrestling, maybe some guys just ECW and, and maybe like more of the, the, the deathmatch stuff. Some guys are more classic, but that knowledge, I think, is what strengthens us as a team because we've got so many different avenues we can lean on. Uh, but personally, yeah, I do commentary. I'm part of the commentary team with my brother, Pro Wrestling and uh, Gold Coast uh, Federation as well. But uh, Rival Pro, that is our home base, and we're hoping to bring back some events here. Uh, um, and I got to say, it's been fun because we've put guys like Brian Cage, Scorpio Sky, you know, a lot, Jungle Boy, Joey Janela, like a lot of people that you've seen that have made it onto TV. Jake Atlas is another guy that we've had, you know. So it's been really fun uh, getting to uh, participate with doing things like that from setting up the, 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 the stage to setting up the ring to, you know, doing everything else under the sun to make sure the show is on point. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, you personally, do you, do you feel like you, you, as a fan, you look at wrestling a little bit differently just because you are involved in things like rival pro wrestling and you kind of get to see things that happen behind the curtain. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a it's a switch you know it's like when i'm doing commentary it's on it's exactly what you know i mean because we're the ones narrating the story which i i really love that responsibility but when we're doing it i'm in the moment it's as real as it can be but yeah you're right i mean once you're breaking it down to you know you're not just booking these guys you're paying them you're hoping they're doing exactly what you want them to do you're hoping they stick to the script there's a lot of different things that go into it that break down the belief or the 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 uh what is it the, the suspension of non-belief as they say um because you got now you're looking at it as a promoter you want people to walk away with their money's worth so it's a little half and half and it's all about if and when you know w uh, when you put that hat on or take that hat off i should say yeah yeah definitely definitely um you know i'm interested what when you're not you know doing anything wrestling related when you're not doing anything music related uh, what are your hobbies outside of those two things that you love? Let's see. Uh, I try to game as much as I can, but that's wrestling related too, man. I'm on 2K19 all day, just killing. <laughs> uh, but you know, I mean, it, it just depends when. I mean, I, I'll keep it. I keep myself fairly busy, man. I try to stay very disciplined with the music, especially doing it for so long. Um, so I'm always trying to do something. I mean, if you've been, I mean, you've been catching me, I'm sure. Like I just been shooting out promos, like no one's business mm -hmm. since, uh, you know, uh, I announced the album release. So I know a lot of my time kind of goes into just really promoting that, but when I'm not doing that, it, it's tough. You know, I, 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 uh, I, I just do a lot of writing, man. It's usually just going right back to the notebook and, uh, or spending time with my wife, which, uh, I love exponentially. I'll tell you, because I don't get as much time as I'd like to, but we're both kind of bosses of our own lifestyles here so when we get a chance to come back to the throne and really cherish each other's time we definitely do so yeah definitely man that, that's pretty dope to do uh you know it's, it's hard out here i definitely know how it is when it's like you're trying to succeed you're oh, trying yeah. to make it and you're, you know you're using that time but you know it's for a good goal got you you know you're trying to get the foot to. on the pedal man it's tough <laughs> yeah facts facts man I'm telling you, for me i'll tell you for me um so i, I started like just recently i started a nonprofit organization with two of my boys it's uh like basketball oh, dope, related. Dope. thank you thank you thank you it's like community service related um so i've been so tied up with that and i haven't put out an episode in a while so you're my first episode that i've put out in like two weeks because oh, i've been so busy 
Oh, that's what's up, man. Hey, I'm hey, but you know what though? Busy for a good reason because that that's phenomenal. I mean, not a lot of people are taking time at their own, you know, I mean, at their own plate, I should say, to to go out and help. I mean, the community, let alone you know the homie. You know, what I mean, it's hard times, like you said, man. So I think that's that's phenomenal. You doing something like that? Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so you know, you talk about you said you you focus on writing a lot. So for when you're putting songs together, kind of like what what is that process like for you? Um, how how do you like start to like your end product? Ooh, it's tough, man. Um, so when I hear beats, I'll sit with them, and it's almost like I could hear the final product already. Like I could I could tell where I could take that record if that makes sense. But the irony of it is once I sit with that beat and, and, and I, I, could, I get that feeling, I will not play that beat for like the next hour. It's like I'm one of those guys and, and maybe it's just an odd process. Um, I mean, my wife calls me a perfectionist. I often argue. So <laughs> that's a funny argument there. But I just, you know, it's one of those things where I just really get into the music and you know, I was just talking about this not too long ago, but like, if I'm like on a track with somebody else, you won't catch me in the same room as that cat. It's all respect, you know, but I'm not trying to catch their wave unless it's maybe something that's like, maybe the beat's melodic and we're trying to keep it consistent in that element. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, and it's like, let's just bar out, you're not gonna catch me in the same room as everybody else. I just feel like my whole process has always been, I don't wanna hear the beat, I got it in my head and I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just going to start writing. I start writing, writing. I'll go back. I'll play the beat for a little bit. And then just to let myself know, yeah, you you on the right track. You know what I'm saying? But I'm that guy that likes to surprise people and just drop the verse right on people's heads like a hammer, man. Like, I just like the shock factor. And it's just kind of my calling card, man, because I don't like to approach songs the same way I did the last time. So if you hit me up for a verse, I'm going to give you a verse. Like, if you want that work, I'm going to give you that work because at the end of the day, that's the calling card of the hip hop hybrid, Doc Lesnar. There's only one. And I'm gonna make sure people know that. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, definitely. I respect that for sure. Um, so for you, uh, what what would you say in wrestling and music? Uh, what are your goals with both of them? Ooh, uh, wrestling. I know for sure. Uh, my brother and I and uh, Mr. McFly, we have some things in the works already. So. Uh, we love working with Rival Pro, but the thing about SoCal is there's always going to be more promotions. And then when there's more promotions, that means more wrestling, you know. And so I know for sure we'd like to add another promotion to the SoCal scene, uh, whether it's in conjunction with Rival Pro or Gold Coast Federation. Uh, it's completely up to them. I know, but I know that's something I'd like to do personally on the music and wrestling tip. Um, dream job making theme songs all day. I've done it a couple of times with some indie wrestlers. It's extremely fun. You know, and I think a lot of the wrestlers are very humbled by how serious I take it. I take, I, I like to do a lot of research on, on the, you know, person in question, because I want to, you know, represent them the best I can since they're going to be making their way to the ring with my words narrating why you shouldn't give a damn, you know what I'm saying? So I uh, definitely want to get into maybe a major, whether it's, you know, for NXT, WWE, AEW, or Ring of Honor, I know MLW is coming to Vice. To, you know, I, I'm willing to work wherever because I think you could agree, man, a lot of the new songs in WWE are just hot garbage and they need a face over, you know, or a facelift of some some sort uh but uh, to to go back to the music part uh i would like to tour 
outside the country. I've, I mean, I've, I've been able to perform numerous times outside my state. Uh, my brother and I were able to go to South by Southwest in our own dime, you know, did a fundraiser, killed it out there, opened for Crooked Eye. We, we've opened for a lot of notable artists, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I've been doing this about seven, but I want to get out of U.S. Uh, soil. I want to go to, you know, London. I want to go to Australia, whatever. I want to go where the music takes me. So touring is definitely a big goal for me, uh, as well as uh, TV and movie placement. Um, that's just revolving door money. And that's where I'm at. You know, I want something that's going to uh, continue to give. And, you know, the more you see a movie, especially if it's great, it's timeless. And it's only as timeless as the scene that, the, you know, the music that plays. So I think, you know, stuff like that. So I'm looking for placement in, in film and TV. I'm looking to get into theme songs or for wrestling promotions. I'm looking to start my own promotion. Yeah, definitely. That's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah, I can definitely I can definitely see you. Um you know, doing the, the music for sure and the theme songs. Uh, just like you said, there's a lot of guys who oh, need yeah. some help with that music, man. I don't know who's making those songs. It's like, you got somebody oh, yeah. uh, like Josiah there who's in WWE that could easily be helping with a lot of these songs. I know I heard, um, I heard, right. I heard Mega Rand talk, I heard Mega Rand talk about it before. He has um, a, uh, he did like a song for Kofi for WrestleMania that was going to change his theme music and they never used yeah. it as well. So and they got Wale who loves WWE. Like, it's let same. these guys come in, man. Right. See, I mean, to me, I think smart thing. Wale do a song for Big E. I mean, I thought that was like an easy two plus two equation, but and I, I I remember that. I remember when Rand was talking about that. And it's a shame we never got a chance to hear that. But um, you know what? I yeah, because I, I got I mean, even like I don't know about you, but like Kyle O'Reilly's new song, Adam Cole's new song, I'm just not feeling, man. Like I know they got rid of CFO not too long ago, but they definitely need somebody in there to usurp that spot. Because, uh, I mean, it's NXT, man. I'm trying to be excited when you come out that curtain. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully we'll, we'll see what happens somewhat soon, I think. so. Facts. I hope so. You, somebody I'm looking for to get a new music is Roman Reigns, man. He's killing it. He needs new music. Because I, I don't – it's just I, – I totally agree with you. New character, new look, new attitude, new mindset. He's got the, he's got Heyman, and the only thing that takes you back is the music. You know, no one's trying to, especially with Moxley not coming back. I don't think he's coming back. No one wants to hear that Shield music no more. You know what I'm saying? And I, I mean, even Adam Cole, Adam Cole, he didn't keep the uh, Undisputed Era music. You know what I'm saying? And arguably, he, you would argue he could have, and you wouldn't have been mad. But it's like, come on, Roman, like just. That's the last part of old Roman you need to shed. And then I think, he's, I mean, not like he's not doing his thing, but that'll really cement this new uh, title reign, I think. You know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. So, um, you know, when you're when you're not, I know WWE is always going to be the big company that for, you know, 95% of us made us all fall in love with wrestling. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the other companies out there that you're, you're watching and that you enjoy besides, you know, the big guys at WWE? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I think uh, AEW is easy. I mean, I do enjoy NXT, though. It is obviously an extension of WWE. Um, when I get a chance, I do try to catch impact every now and then. I mean, it's not the same as it was when Jeff Hardy was there, and, you know, or Perk Angle, I'll say, not Kurt Angle, because that was a different type of beast. Uh, but, you know, when I, I remember when impact was really rocking, even back when they had, uh, when the Bucks were like Generation Me, I remember I was enjoying it then. And mm -hmm. I will tell that they got better, uh, maybe better talent now. Um, and they definitely got a hell of a woman's roster, I'll say, better than AEW. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think 
th that's kind of, I would say I'm really in between AEW. I do impact every now and then. I uh, really like Ring of Honor as well. MLW is not a bad one to watch as well, which, uh, you know, guys like F came from or low. I know did some time over there too, but um, yeah, I'd say, honestly, I was really hooked on the Wednesday night war stuff for a while. So, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty disappointed. They, uh, they kind of canceled that out, but I mean, Hey, what can, what can you do? Um, when it comes to uh, independent wrestling out there where you're at, uh, how is that scene out here? I'll tell you right now, over here, I'm in New Jersey, uh, you know, right here in between Pennsylvania. Okay. Oh, okay. In between New York as well. Mm -hmm. And um, we're spoiled over here. We're, we're saturated. Anybody that oh, we've yeah. seen, anybody we've seen on TV, they've come through here. We've seen them before they got on TV. Uh, how is the scene out there for you guys out in uh, Southern Cal? I would say it's probably just as bananas out here um i mean this there's a lot of promotions i mean I, i'll put it this way anytime we go to promote uh we'll go to another show to hand out flyers and stuff to promote for our show and it's just it always seems like there's another one sprouting up but there's tons of uh, opportunities it just seems like a lot of the talent got scooped up in the socal scene by uh, NXT and AEW, like right, you know, right before the Wednesday Night War started. So I think that's the only thing is uh, there's a new fresh crop of talent uh, that got a chance to make a name for himself, but they definitely don't have any shortage of promotions out here. We're pretty spoiled too, I'll say. Nice, nice. It's always a great feeling, isn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I can't wait to get back to live shows, bro. I really can't. That's what I'm missing in my life is a live show right now. Yeah, no, tell, I'll tell you, my, my last uh, big live show that I was supposed to go to, I was supposed to go to um, WrestleMania last year in Tampa Bay. I was going to go. It was my, my first time taking Ooh. my son. Uh, I was going to go with my wife as well. And then everything just started wow. and got canceled because of COVID, man. It was it was pretty yeah. bad. And on top of it, on top of it, I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. So being able to go to Raymond James Stadium on top of it would have been uh -huh. great. Damn. <laughs> So oh, it killed me, but I, I I feel you on that. Yeah, I think I want I was supposed to go to uh double or nothing last year, or I think the year before actually, and then they were gonna postpone it to this year, and then they decided they're not doing it. But now it seems like they're letting people back into the arena. So now I'm trying to figure out like so what's up with that uh with that refund? <laughs> oh Cody, I, TK, I need that money back. I'm, I'd rather be there than get the money, you know what I'm saying? But uh yeah, I, I just miss going to shows, I'll tell you that, man. Yeah, it looks like Florida is the only guy that's going to be getting shows uh, for the time being, it looks like, because <laughs> they, they're in Florida, it's like, hey, come just do whatever you want. We don't, we don't yeah. care. We're open. <laughs> Too much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, um, unfortunately, in, in the hip-hop world, you know, we lost uh, two really good uh, legends for at least my time when I came up in the 90s. You know, we lost uh, DMX and we lost Black Rob oh, yeah. a week later. Um, did DMX and Black Rob, did, uh, any memories of yeah, them man. or any impact of, uh, when you was a child in the nineties listening to hip hop music? Oh, most definitely. Uh, uh Black Rob, uh, I mean, from woe to, you know, when he kind of helped Diddy introduce G Depp a little bit with the, uh, I forgot the name of that song. But uh, the get, let's get it. That song, let's I was get nuts. It. Yeah, there we go. And then I think what they did, uh, you know, like the special delivery remix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So 
I, I, you know, and I, you know, when I was in high school, man, freestyling and battling was where it was at. And I'd be lying to you if I didn't say I killed some, if I didn't kill some people over that woe beat. Like that woe beat is legendary, you know? And I think, you know, I saw the post uh, seeing how Rob looked recently and it was really kind of heart shattering a bit because it, I mean, it just makes you wonder, you know, and, and I've had my, my share of time with the, with the indie label. And I remember when I was doing that, I kind of saw how ugly it is behind the, you know, the curtain that you don't really know exists, you know, until you get there. So it makes me wonder how far, you know, Rob fell, you know, post bad boy uh, success. Cause it, you know, it just doesn't seem like something like that should happen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, as far as DMX, I mean, I can't say enough about DMX, man. I mean, we came up in the same era, you and I, so I think we both know how big a deal DMX was from, uh, you know, from the Rough Riders Anthem, Flesh of My Flesh, to everything in between, slipping, falling. And I just, I mean, you know, one thing that really rocks me was uh, there was a movie at the time, uh, DJ Clue did this soundtrack. It was backstage for, uh, and I'm yeah, sure you yeah. probably know what I'm talking about, for the Hard Knock Life Tour. And that film changed my life. You know, it made me so hungry as an artist to go on tour, to, you know, I remember watching um, and, and just really studying everybody on there from Method Man to Red Man to Jay-Z to Ja Rule to obviously DMX and look at their showmanship. But everything I saw on that film, and if you go to my Instagram, you'll see I, I posted up favorite clips from that uh, from that film. That's what stuck with me with DMX, man. The the fact that, you know, he's freestyling on there with Jay-Z, like they're, you know, re rehashing the old pool table bit from back in the day. If you know, you know. Um, and then the fact that he, you know, just him talking about, you know, just his relationship with God and, and the struggle with that. And the one thing I heard like uh, Charlemagne say, and I, and it's true, DMX is a guy that was never scared to publicly fight his demons. And I think that's why I'll always have the utmost respect for a guy like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, rest in power to both those gentlemen. Yeah, definitely, man. And you know, it's, it's kind of like one of those things, like, you know, like you said, we listened to, to both of those guys. Uh, growing up and you know every once in a while you you know you you tune into it and it's just like it, it always hurts because it's like we we always wait until someone's gone until we realize like oh man yo just like how great of artist this guy was mm -hmm. I was just thinking about that like yo DMX was a yeah. big part of and, me and, growing up and and he wasn't that old either man like I think that's what is kind of disheartening was you know, I think we all knew he had his demons, but I mean, well, I think what was he 50, 53, something like that. I, I, it was, was just, like, he like didn't, 50, he yeah. wasn't done living, man. Like, and think, yeah, yeah. See, yeah, there's just a whole nother generation that could benefit uh, from that man's music. We talked about timeless music earlier. That, that guy's timeless, man, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, so we talk, we talk about hip hop, we talk about uh, wrestling. Now I'm, I'm going to ask you for, for both, for wrestling and music. If there's one thing that you like about right. it, one thing you like about it, and one thing that you dislike about it. Sounds good. Let's see. Uh, anything particular, like just wrestling in general, hip-hop in general? Wrestling and hip-hop in general. Wrestling, uh, I would have to say I'm not a fan and of the toxic community that sometimes is a result of, you know, too much access. I think Twitter has given people too much chances to uh, watch every keystroke of a keyboard to make sure, hey, we're going to make sure you get canceled. Like, um, you know, I'm not sure if you heard about this Roman Reigns thing that happened where he came out and used the word sissies, you know, and I don't think it was in a way to offend 
you know, any of the homosexual community in the world, but a lot of people were quick to draw or to connect the dot there. And I just think we can do with a lot less more of that. I mean, clearly if someone's in the wrong, you know what I'm saying, for, for doing something, yeah, I cancel the guy. But I mean, Roman Reigns is the best thing going on TV. No one wants to cancel Roman Reigns, you know what I'm saying? So I just think we had less toxic community on that. And then I think kind of in conjunction with that is people got to stop thinking they're, they deserve to be satisfied from a specific match or athlete. I think the athlete doesn't, you know, doesn't owe anybody anything. And so I feel like there, there's that section of the IWC that can never be happy about anything. Um, on the music side, I would say it's sometimes can be oversaturated. And I think what makes it hard, and I, I guess the, the, you know, something I, I'm not a fan of is the fact that, you know, because there's this stigma now that almost anybody could pick up a mic and just be an artist, it makes it harder to prove to someone that you are an artist. So that's something that I'm not, I'm not ever really a big fan of. Um, but at the same time, that that's just the industry we're in, you know what I mean? And, and that's why I think earlier I said, we could use a better filter, I mean, for wrestling, but we could also use one for hip hop as well. Um, because hip hop, again, is an art form, just like wrestling, like I said, it's ever, it's gonna be ever changing. And I don't have a problem with that. Cause I do believe, again, there are, there's room for everybody, but when, you know, you leave room for everybody, it opens, you know, the door for, you know, everything being acceptable. So I just wish there was a better barometer for music as well as there is for wrestling. There you go. What I do like, though, is the new names that keep showing up, <laughs> not to be all negative, but I do like the new names that do do their thing, that come in, that are consistent, guys like J. Cole, guys like Kendrick. Um, I mean, the, the hip-hop game's in good hands, I think. Guys like Drake, guys that, you know, even though you, know, you can't deny their star power and what their con uh, contributions are to the culture. Same thing with wrestling. Guys like Johnny Gargano, Ciampa, staying behind, not going to the main roster because they want to make sure that the next chapter of NXT is in great hands. Things like that. I'm all for breaking new stars, realizing we can't rely on accomplishments from the past or stars from the past like Vincent Mann does. Because, you know, I know I'm all over the place, but to me, it's crazy to hear that Vince tells Edge, hey, man, I need you to dye your hair. You look kind of old on screen. And it's like, but Goldberg looks old on screen, but he keeps coming back every single time, you know? Mm -hmm. so I just think the ideologies are kind of all over the place, but I like the fact that we could uh, keep the culture going on both fronts, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. Well, very well said. Um, you know, I know you're always working. Um, do you have any uh, projects that you're working on at the moment or, you know, have any like particular date or oh, time yeah. where we can expect new music? Uh, so this summer, you better hang on to your seats, put on a seatbelt, do what you got to do, because I'm telling you, the world's greatest tag team on this planet under God's green earth, the Mega Towers, a top team on God's green are going to be dropping their album this summer. Good Brothers. That's not an insult. That's a fact of life. I'm telling you. So be on the lookout for that we're gonna have crazy visuals to go along with that as well um and just look out I, I i'm coming through with so much freestyles this year i'm just letting you guys know i'm not playing around um i think i've you know my thing i've learned this time around with releasing music is i've been a very humble human being the last couple of years now I'm, it's, it's time to heal it up because uh it's not lost on me that you know i i do my thing 
you know, and so I get a lot of people that want to challenge me to wrestle rap or bars or, I mean, we had, uh, uh, you know, uh, some guys, they want to battle us, uh, my brother and I, for the rights and the claim of the world's greatest tag team. And I say, line them up because we're going to do it. And once we drop this album, they're not going to want to do it anymore. But hey, we all read what we sow at some point. So check it out this summer for sure. Good Brothers, Mega Towers album. It's coming soon. Awesome, man. Awesome. I'll definitely be on the lookout for that for sure. Um, Doc, once again, bro, I just want to thank you, first of all, for uh, coming through and uh, taking the time, you know, making that connection from the West Coast to the East Coast. I definitely appreciate you doing this for me, bro. Oh, yeah, man. Like I said, dude, I mean, I've been I've seen what you guys have been doing. I see what you've been doing and with, with the brand. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan, man. And I, I, I love <laughs> The fact that you guys cross over, bring those two cultures together. And like I said, I think they've kind of, you know, they, they refuse to believe that they're parallels, but they are, man. And, and I think it's a good thing bring something like hip hop and wrestling together. You've done a good job. We're continuing to do it. Guys like the Dirty Hills podcast, they're doing it. A lot of guys are doing what we can to really bridge the gap, man. So trust me, the pleasure is all mine. And uh, yeah, whenever uh, you want me back or my brother back or the Tower Gang back to defend these titles, whatever we got to do do it's nothing man you just send me a message and we'll be there thanks definitely appreciate that for uh our fans if they want to follow you connect with you find any of your music check you out uh where would they do that let me talk to you hip-hop hybrid doc lesnar you guys heard me talking about it this whole time this is awesome the latest album produced entirely by my cousin awesome beats featuring megaran featuring cam archer Featuring Ielis, the artist, and the greatest damn tag partner in the business, Quincy Jones Go from the Quincy Jones Show. Do yourself a favor. It's on every streaming platform you can imagine, whether it's iTunes, Apple, whether it's where you get your podcast from, whether it's uh, Pandora, Tidal, anywhere you like to stream, that's where you're going to find my music. And if you go on my social media, at Doc Lesnar on Instagram or at Doc underscore KJS pod for all my things that are related to the, the wrestling business, the wrestling memes, the wrestling news, anything I do with the podcast is on there. But if you want to follow your boy at Doc Lesnar and go ahead and follow me on Twitter as well at I'm Doc Lesnar. And that's where you find all the best music you could uh, muster, man, this year so far. So awesome. Awesome, man. Definitely appreciate that. Um, you guys make sure you definitely check out Doc, all the great things that he's doing. Uh, keep up with everything he's doing. The Quincy Jones show as well. Check that out as well. Um, you know, definitely check us out at Rap and Wrestle on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you get all your streaming needs. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. And uh, for this episode, it's Derek. It's Doc Lesnar. And we both are out. Mm -hmm.